we all want our loved ones to be well cared for. It brings me joy to see the older adults in my family living a fulfilled life. And that's what our sponsor Spring Ridge at Charbonneau wants too. They're a vibrant senior living community in Wilsonville, where residents get full-service care, a community of neighbors, and fun amenities and activities like free golf for enjoying life's next adventures. Learn more at retireatspringridge.com. I love meandering through the Portland Art Museum, walking aimlessly through its halls and galleries with no plan, taking my time, reading each placard, pausing and meditating on old or new favorites. Many an afternoon, I've turned a museum corner and been stopped in my tracks by a piece of art that surprises me, moves me, makes me feel something. I remember feeling that way when I saw the photography of Oregon artist Carrie Mae Weems there for the first time. It blew me away. Walking through the Portland Art Museum today, you can see her iconic black and white portraits of a multifaceted woman. And that's not all. Also on display are the masterful vibrance of color in work by Isaka Shamsuddin and a wool tapestry of a whale by Thelma Johnson Street. They're all part of the museum's Black Artists of Oregon exhibition. The collection captures and showcases Black diasporic experiences in the Pacific Northwest. That means stories full of love, joy, anger, and darkness from almost 70 Black artists dating back from the 19th century to present day. It's the very first of its kind at the museum. Black people have always been influential. We, of course, know that, but it's important for us to be able to experience that influence, for all of us to be able to experience that influence. When I'm working on one of my pieces, I feel powerful. I feel joy. I constantly want to remind people about how, uh, how magical this is, this experience is. We're actually all collectively creating magic. From the newsroom of OPB, I'm Jen Chavez, and this is The Evergreen, a podcast about the place you call home. Today, to get to know the artists in the museum's Black Artists of Oregon exhibit a bit better, we're going to hear from OPB Oregon Artbeat producer Eric Slade. Over the years, he's produced features with some of the artists displaying work there. When I was growing up, hearing stories from my grandparents helped me understand who I am and where I came from. At the Evergreen, we care deeply about the stories of all the different people who make this place we call home what it is, including the older adults in our lives. And they might call home a place like our sponsor Spring Ridge at Charbonneau, a vibrant senior living community in Wilsonville. Residents are supported by full-service care and a community of neighbors, plus plenty of amenities and activities, even free golf, for enjoying life's next adventures. Learn more at retireatspringridge.com. The pointillistic and kind of pixelation idea that I, I use is kind of a method of unifying people and realizing that whether white, black, whatever race, we're all kind of built with the same material. That's Jeremy Okai Davis. I first talked to him back in January of 2020, and he uses these large circles of color that reveal the pixels that make up skin tones in his portraits. 
And it's so interesting to be with him while he's painting because up close, these circles of color, they're so abstract. It's only when you step back that you can actually see that he's making these amazing images. Jeremy got started with this idea when he was looking through some old photos. He printed them up on his dad's computer and then he blew them up. And when I blew them up, I started to see like the pixels, like the greens and the pinks that come through in skin tones. Um, and I thought that was kind of interesting. So I ended up basically recreating these like digitized versions of, of my friends. Early on, Jeremy's work was mostly portrait-based. He was painting a lot of images of his friends, you know, people having a good time and kind of lighthearted work. But around 2016, he says, his art took a shift. It was kind of around the time of the changeover in uh, presidents and also a lot of African-American men were being shot by cops. So both of those things affected me pretty, pretty greatly, and I wanted to investigate that. And recycled wood became really prevalent in the work, like old wood that had been on homes and torn down or been beat by the weather. But when I saw it, it still had this beauty that resonated with me. It also spoke to the perseverance of African-Americans and everything that we've been through. We're still able to shine and put our best foot forward. Black people have always been influential. We, of course, know that. But it's important for us to be able to experience that influence, for all of us to be able to experience that influence. That's Intisar Abioto, artist and curator of the exhibition. Since 2018, Intisar has been exploring the lineage and legacy of Black artists in Oregon. It all started when they published an essay called Black Mark, Black Legend in Oregon Humanities magazine. For that essay, Intisar set out to answer this deep question, who were the black artists who had worked in this region and how did they survive and thrive, or did they? Intisar talked with black artists in Portland and what it means to be an artist in the Pacific Northwest. The exhibition at Portland Art Museum will build on Intisar's research. This isn't fictional. It's the history and the experiences of black people here. It comes about through research, but for me, this history belongs to black people, to Black artists here, and I'm a facilitator of an experience, of a community telling. You know, I'm not a scholar of the deep history of the museum as a concept, but historically, there are places where wealth was held, you know, and like wealth was, gosh, almost like a pass-through to serve certain people. And I want to bust all that up in every way, for every place, you know? And so, I don't see this stopping at the Portland Art Museum. I hope that the museum as an institution and the people within it understand our, you know, responsibility to the peoples of this place. And one of the people of this place is Carrie Mae Weems. She is probably one of the best known artists in this exhibition. Carrie Mae Weems has been featured in museums across the country and recognized by the New York Times for rewriting the rules of image making. She was born and raised in Portland and is considered one of this country's most important photographers of the last quarter century. In 1990, Carrie Mae Weems shot her landmark project, The Kitchen Table Series. She staged and photographed a fictional drama where she plays the lead. In the series of photos, you see the main character with lovers, friends, and daughters. You get to see the significance of many multifaceted relationships this woman has. 
Oregon Art Beat caught up with Carrie Mae Weems in 2013 when she had a mid-career retrospective at the Portland Art Museum, and she talked about her iconic series. These pieces are not at all autobiographical, though they're useful as, as a tool for me, but they're not, it's not about autobiography as much as it is an attempt to, to, to sort of describe uh, women at a, at, at a social, uh, a certain time in their lives. You know, sort of how to bring those things together, play with those ideas and sort of interrogate the family. And so in this very simple way, this light of interrogation became very important. And again, it was through, uh, you know, I sort of stumbled upon this by making some other photographs that I began to realize that maybe this was a space that I could actually occupy and develop an entire body of work around. When I'm working on one of my pieces, I feel powerful. I feel joy. Because I'm saying something that speaks volumes, more volumes than I could ever say in person. And that's why I believe I was put on this earth to say, say words that many people can't say. That's another artist who expresses himself deeply from the heart, Willie Little. He's a multimedia installation artist, storyteller, and author. A lot of his work draws directly from his family history in rural North Carolina. He spoke to me for Oregon Art Beat back in 2021, and he told me about how his father's grocery store, Little's Grocery, became an inspiration for him. People could come in and buy penny candy, butter cookies, and groceries, but at night, it became a juke joint. People would come in, buy a 50-cent gin shot and a Dixie paper cup, and the blues filled the store with that jukebox. It was a place of solace, a place to let their hair down, a little dancing, a little romancing, little gin, and sin. I wanted to make something that really honored the richness of my family where I came from, and I wanted people to see what I saw. I knew I had something when it traveled around the country for several years. It culminated at the Smithsonian in 2003, and that's where it is now. I mean, everything about the store looked thrown together with, you know, spit and a prayer, but it withstood the test of time because it was so strong. I love Willie's juke joint installation. It's this beautiful celebration of his family's past, and it's completely inspired by his childhood memories of his father's liquor house in the late 60s and early 70s. Willie told me sometimes he'd go over there at nights as a little kid and just watch as the adults danced and celebrated. When we talked, he also told me what he hopes people get out of his work. When people see my work, I hope they are curious. I hope they are educated. And I hope they are inspired, but I hope that they are seduced by what they see first. And then if they choose to investigate more, they can peel through the layers because all of my work is layered with so many symbols. I want people to think. Another artist that will make you think is Otis Kwame Chikweko. I spent a few days at his studio in 2021 and saw him create these colorful, life-size portraits that really just strike you. 
that's why I like them to be like staring at you in a way that you would just stop everything you're doing and just look straight to them. Otis is from Ghana, but moved to Portland several years ago. Each of his paintings tells a story and the clothing, the background, all the tiny details are there to reveal his subject's inner power. When you are painting a portrait of a person, it's important that you represent the person well. You also have to show the person's emotions and expressions. The image must look powerful enough to motivate somebody to feel confidence in themselves. All of Otis's paintings are a real celebration of black portraiture. It always goes back to the old masters because we see the paintings and all these people are very powerful people. There were a lot of black people that were also powerful, but I never see paintings of them. So for me as an artist and somebody who is in this era, I, I feel it's a way of correcting that. It was just my way of sort of rewriting history. We also tell our own stories in, in how we want it to be seen. When I'm drawing or illustrating, very therapeutic, very healing, I have no stops or goes on if it looks good or if people are going to like it or not. I, I'm just driven to get it out. That is Moran Hurd, who also goes under the artist moniker Icho. He's been showing his work since 1998 throughout the West Coast. And you'll notice in all of his work, there are tons of tiny details and characters intertwining to create this really rich imagery. You're gonna to have to look at that work and move around it and discover things on your own. Once you come to that, you know, your own discovery in something you see, you kind of own it personally a little. You're like, that's mine, you know, I took the work and effort to find that weird creature in that, in that corner that's saying something to me or whatnot. And I'll go back to my old pieces and I like that because it surprises me. Years later, I'll look at that and go, who is this guy? So I'm talking to myself, you know, and I love, I love that part too. I hope that makes sense. I'm all over the place sometimes, and that's how my work is, you know? <laughs> so. I met Miran a couple years ago at his studio, and that space is just such a beautiful reflection of who he is. It's colorful, full of amazing work on every piece of the walls and ceiling. And like he says, it's all over the place, but it's great. He's such a character. I was born on a planet called Krypton. Just found it in a bomb. No, I'm just <laughs> So you see what I mean. Moran was actually born in Los Angeles, but he was raised in Clovis near Fresno, and he was inspired to create art at a very young age. When I was young, I was, had to be around five, five years old. I was watching Mickey Mouse with an adult, and they drew a picture of Mickey Mouse at the same time I'm watching it. And it blew my mind that you can create the things that you see. And when he showed me that, that's, I was done. And so after that, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. And so I've just been drawn since five, ever since then. Even though it's been decades since Moran first started drawing, he still finds magic in his work, and he helps other people do too. The influence I hope my work has on the world is just to inspire people to keep learning and to be curious. To where if someone's walking by and they look at that piece of artwork and they go, what is that? Why is that? That's crazy. And I'm like, yeah, so is everything. That's neat. I constantly want to remind people about how, uh, how magical this is, this experience is. We're actually all collectively creating magic. 
Curator Intisar Abioto said something similar about the Black Artists of Oregon exhibition. They want community, gathering, and celebration felt in the landmark exhibition. I hope people really feel what these artists wanted to be felt, you know, what they want to share, what they want for us. I want people to feel deeply respected and to call in a true standard of care and respect and principle celebration, you know, because to celebrate, you also need like people to be really held. I just really want people to feel and I hope that when they leave there, that there's another image and feeling inside of them, you know, I just hope for beautiful things from this. Intisar also notes the exhibition is a beginning and not a definitive summary. I want people to know it's not all the Black artists in this region that I want other people to continue to do research, you know. I want other people to take on the kind of stewardship, the work of asking these questions and affirming these histories. And, you know, I'm hoping that other curators in this region, you know, in this country will understand that this history is here and it needs to be brought into the scope of the full story of Black American art, of African diasporic art, of American art, of art in general. That was Intasar Abioto. And this whole exploration of the Portland Art Museum's Black Artists of Oregon exhibition comes from OPB Oregon Artbeat producer Eric Slade. Thank you for listening to The Evergreen, a podcast from OPB about the place you call home. If you're here listening right now, you are part of our brand new podcast family. And we want to shout out some of you new family members who responded to our first episode and shared what makes you feel at home in the Pacific Northwest. First of all, I love how many of y'all said you love the rain. You are Northwesterners through and through. Dagmar Dickey on Instagram says... The wonderfully sweet smell of sun-warmed berries and tree needles that comes towards the end of summer. It's a bittersweet reminder to me that fall is on the way. Sue G6453 says, The verdant greenery of the forest. Life with Luda says, The fog settling on the mountain ridge. Stay and keep Anna Lee company says, Taking a walk on a warmish day with the mist on my face and the damp air making the world look rich in color. And Nicole O'Neill emailed us shouting out Eagle Fern Park along Eagle Creek. Nicole writes, I love this place for my little boys. It is shallow enough that I don't have to worry about their safety, but deep enough that they can inner tube in it and splash around in the swimming hole. The banks are shaded in the afternoon, which makes it great on hot days, and it is perfect for catching crawdads and minnows with cups. It provides such a classic childhood experience. Thank you all so much for sharing your reflections with us. I am so happy to hear from y'all. If you want to let us know what makes you feel at home in the Pacific Northwest, please reach out. You can send us an email at theevergreen at opb.org. And you can help us grow by leaving a review on your favorite podcast app. Follow us there and, hey, tell your friends. Mia Estrada produced this episode, and our technical director is Stephen Cray. He also engineered this episode. 
The rest of the OPB podcast team includes Julie Sabatier and Sage Van Wing. Eric Slade, Mia Estrada, and Robe Imbriano did the interviews you heard. I'm Jen Chavez. Catch you later. Membership support means that you and others across our communities can hear fascinating stories on the Evergreen podcast and through all of OPB's essential reporting. We have more room under the canopy. Join us. Do your part now and join in as a sustainer at opb.org pod.